But what we have said time and time again is that the crisis planning activity should happen for any business owner at no matter where you are yeah, in, in yeah, your yeah. In, in your business cycle. Because if you have a business that people depend on you, you have a family, you want to have answers in place. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. It's been two months since we last connected with Brian Nolan and Kevin Nolan for our Business is Messy conversation. And it was due time to bring them back. When we last connected with these two, it was mid-March, and we were just one week out from our Grand Summit Conference in San Diego. Now, here we are at the end of May, and it has been an eventful time of highs and lows. Fitting for the start of a busy spring season, of course, and, well, just life itself. This time, we hear about messes happening in both Brian and Kevin's worlds, their approaches to these challenges, and a general consensus of leaning into perspective. When something happens, we can't always be the judge of it being good or bad right away. We need to fully understand the situation and its impact. One thing is for sure, when it comes to the messes of business and life, the need for mental and emotional strength is a key part of finding a successful resolution, or quite frankly, just getting safely to the other side. Problems don't get easier in life, as Kara Lawson, head coach of the Duke Blue Devils women's basketball team has once shared, what happens is you handle hard better. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Business is Messy. Uh, this is part of our podcast series that we do here on Out of the Hourglass. I'm with Brian Nolan, Managing Partner at Nolan Consulting Group, and Kevin Nolan, CEO at Nolan Painting and Partner here at Nolan Consulting Group as well. Brian and Kevin, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Welcome back to the mess. Welcome back to the mess. And you know, typ- typically this, this series is one that Kevin shares the messes that go on in his world, and Brian loves to joyfully say, this is my turn to clean them up. Um, So this time around, though, Brian's got some messes of his own. So um, I don't know if I want to wear the hat, but I'm going to try to clean them up. Oh, boy. (laughs) Sometimes sometimes just listening is all you have to do, Molly. I'm just going to listen. I I would never attempt to clean up either of your messes, quite frankly. (laughs) You know, Molly, what's uh, bizarre about this situation is my uh, keynote address in March that I yep. gave was all about handling hard better and about how to handle problems and situations. And it seems like uh, the good Lord uh, wanted to really test me with that. And so he said, just have dumped some problems my way with a eye towards letting me use those workouts that I've been yeah. so, uh, often prophesizing about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the last time we we did the business is messy uh, topic was right before the grand summit. You were actually teeing up the the topic itself, Kevin. You were kind of sharing what's going on in your world. So it's been about two months since we've we've come back together, and it's been a messy two months, one might say. Uh, but Brian, as you were saying before we got started here, these are the things that make you stronger at the end of the day. And everyone has a lens at which they look through things, and so which lens are we gonna? 
look at our at our problems with today. Um, so to get us started, Kev, you know, we always love to hear what's going on in your world oper- operationally, you know, from a, a business perspective. So fill us in on that before we jump into to Brian's whole mess. Well, we do have a couple of problems and I'll get to them a little bit later, but in general, things are going pretty well. Good. Pretty well here. I mean, it's May, uh, May, June in the painting business is great time of year to be in the business. The weather's great. Um, we've got a lot of work. We just got through a tough winter. Um, May in Philadelphia is among the most beautiful places in the country, I think. Um, so, so we're doing pretty well. We've had decent weather. We have lots of work. Uh, we've had, well, incidentally, we did a podcast, I think, last May um, around this time. And things weren't as good because at the time I was freaking out about inflation. And we had just had a month where we didn't make any money in May. And it was because we we hadn't done enough to raise our prices. Um, and then since May last year, I think we've had something like five price increases in, in Nolan painting. Wow. They've not all taken effect. Uh, one of them's taken effect in July this year. And I think we have another one taking effect in like September. So we always put these these price increases out there. And then the salesmen, the estimators have to go out and get jobs at the new rate. So the price increase comes first, then they have to close the jobs, and then then it becomes established, which is great. So we've had uh, at least three out of the five price increases have been established since last May. So we're charging top dollar, and uh, we've been able to give out a lot of raises to people. And recently, we just increased this past week. We just increased our the uh, pay for performance system, so now people get bigger bonuses. Um, so I've been able to pass along uh, the good fortune to our employees, which is really great. Yeah. Um, a lot of the points I've been frustrated that we raise, we raise prices, we raise wages, the cost of living goes up. No one really gets ahead. Um, at the moment, it looks like we're we're doing pretty good in that in that world. So um, yeah, we have lots of work, and so things are going things are going pretty good. Happy to hear it. And you're you're working hard on getting a book published out in uh, September, Organizational Muscle. How's that going for you so far? Well, the book is done. And uh, I actually had Brian as one of my uh, key editors and did a great job. I have a couple other um, people helping me uh, read the book and edit it. And uh, we're going to then send it on to a final proofer, uh, someone who's professional at proofing and checking for content to make sure we didn't plagiarize anything. And uh, the book will be going to the printer in August and in my hands by September 1st. And then mid-September, I'm doing a, an audible version as well. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's happening, and I'm about to get active in social media. I hired a social media company to help me promote it, and so that is uh, working out as well. And uh, moving ahead, um, Brian talked about the keynote speeches that that he did, and I did a speech the following day. Um, at, in San Diego for the Grand mm-hmm. Summit. And um, unlike uh, Brian's, mine was not awesome. Brian's was awesome. Mine was not awesome, which is okay. A lot of times when I don't live up to my own expectations, I work harder to get better. And so I'm going to get better at public speaking. I, I've always been decent at it, but I intend to get better at, at it. I, I've i um, signed up for a two-day 
public speaking immersion class. That is, oh wow, um, you have to get recommended to get into it. So I was recommended into it by a colleague, and so uh, so yeah. So the the book, uh, the whole book project, is going to consume a lot of my life in the next few years. So I'm excited about yeah. that. Yeah, just a quick comment on that. By the way, the book is awesome. It's a typical. It's Kevin Nolan tell all. You know, he's been sharing and sharing and sharing for thirty or forty years. Um, so there's going to be a lot of content for people to learn from. Um, the lesson I, I had a similar experience, Kev, last year when I did a first ascent. Um, I I did a first ascent and it's like I got off. I got I got done with it. I'm like. Dude, you were you were not awesome. I didn't rock it at all. I'm like, I just totally had I didn't prepare for it as much. I thought so you you can't ever lose that, right? I think it's a lesson yeah. for all of us in whether we lead meetings or lead teams, the preparation. I mean, your speech was great. You obviously had some 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 self yeah. I'm shaking my head here. I'm shaking my head here. And by the way, it wasn't because I didn't prepare. I didn't prepare in the right way. Uh, which which has to do with, you know, the, the way it was written. I, I didn't I didn't do a good job there. I mean, I, I I went over the content hundreds of times, but that wasn't the same as preparing in the right way. Well, so, it goes to show that getting up and speaking in front of several hundred people is not. I mean, or or twelve people. It's not an easy task, and you're you're battling people's engagement levels. You're trying to deliver, you know, a topic or get to a point. And I mean, I think you both are are great speakers, Kevin. I give you immense kudos for you know, going in into this two-day workshop, Brian, you've hired a speaking coach for both of your keynotes, but the two of you continuously um, push yourselves to kind of to the next level. You get, you're, you're not comfortable with where you're at. So you're going to get yourself more well, uncomfortable I mean, and put no, yourself no, I, on display. Yeah. yeah. The standard is seeking awesome. And yeah. so I know it when I see it, or I know it when I hear it and I know I wasn't awesome. And that's, that means I have to go back to work. You know, uh, you, you know, I, I, our age, frankly, it's easy to be okay, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy. We could, because we've been doing this a long time, but to be really, really good, really, really awesome, you need professional coaching. Um, I, I spent I spent hours with a coach down in DC and I thought it was good until I presented to her and she said, you're not starting that way, are you? We. So uh, it does, t- it takes. And work. I, you know, I didn't think I need a coach and now I do. So it just goes to show you. You know, yeah. You, you have, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I say that a lot, but that is the truth. The student has to be ready. Gosh, we see that all the time with clients that we work to. I mean, That's if so someone's cool. not ready to be coachable, the relation the relationship is not going to work. And yeah. so, both you have to you have to be ready to to work through it yourself. Well, I'm so, coachable now. I'm coachable. So safe to say, though, Kev, things are pretty good then. Business is good. The book's coming out. No problems. No problems. Well, hey, Kev, what happened to your new truck? Uh, hold well, on. You got a new truck. Is it is it pretty now or is it is it dented? <laughs> oh, man. I, I wasn't sure which story to tell first. I'll tell that story since you just teed it up. Uh, so, yeah, I bought a new F-150 hybrid, uh, which is Beautiful a truck. truck. Gorgeous. I ordered it a year ago. I ordered it a little less than a year ago. It took a long time to come, mostly because it's a hybrid. And I guess that's they're not pumping them out as much as the others. But it, it finally came and it's 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 a nice truck. It's the last truck I'll I'll get as an employee in Nolan Painting. And uh, I I actually kicked in some of my own money towards it. 
because I'm taking it with me when I leave. And uh, I didn't feel like the company should have to subsidize my beautiful, expensive uh, truck that um, won't really be used for work. So anyway, uh, so there's some ownership there that I actually personally have some ownership in it. And anyway, I got the truck and I'm a worker. I'm a real truck guy, Brian. I actually use the truck for work, meaning jobs. I loaded it up with uh, 1,500 pounds of, of um, laminate, laminated stone, uh, which I took up to my mountain house. That's about the max the truck can hold, but it did really well. We drove up there. That was last Thursday. Um, the truck was one day old, and I was already doing what, with it what trucks need to do. And on the way back, I was gonna, I was taking the, hooking up the trailer, uh, which was already at my cabin, and my tractor, which was already at my cabin. My tractor's broken. It's been causing me a lot of problems. That's a whole other story. Um, and I hooked it up under the back of the of the trailer. And I has a bucket in front. And I guess the configuration was a little different between this truck and my last truck. At any rate, I drove uh, home. At uh, one point, I took a sharp turn. I heard some noises back there. It didn't sound good. Oh, no. Uh, so I pulled over. And, um, yeah, I caused um, two massive dents on the back of my truck, which has now 550 miles on it. And it already has many thousands of dollars worth of damage. Now, I've told nobody this except for Brian, who now has helped tell the world. Um, so <laughs> I, I didn't even tell my coworkers here. I'm, I'm frankly um, disgusted and embarrassed. Uh, I don't know why I'm so embarrassed. I mean, everybody makes mistakes. I don't usually make that many, but I do make them. And uh, when people make mistakes in my company, like we have accidents and fender benders all the time. I literally do not lose an ounce of sleep or aggravation over it. But I lost sleep over my truck. I am literally sick to my stomach about it. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't believe it happened. I literally, it ruined my weekend and um, sick to my stomach about it. And I've, I've gotten an estimate. It's going to be many thousands of dollars. I need a new tailgate, basically. So I have a brand new truck that now needs a new tailgate. And it's going to take like three or four months to get it in, which means I have to drive around like that. Um, but not to change the subject to something much, much more serious. And I know Brian has some serious things to talk about as well. But everything is in perspective to what is really a big problem and not mm. my problem, but a problem for Nolan painting and really a problem for Jack. So my brother-in-law, Jack McLaughlin, started working for me, my very first employee. He started working for me the summer of 1980. Brian, he worked with you that same week. We were painting that house together. You guys and, and you and Michael and and Jack all worked with me on Dr. Harrington's house. Happy Harrington. Happy Harrington. Yeah. I remember massive, well. massive house that I was living in for rent and painting to pay the rent. I was living in the in the carriage house and I was going to paint the mansion for rent. I actually mentioned the story in my book. I never uh, I could never finish this house. It was so big. It just seemed to just take hours and hours and hours. And I was like never finishing it. At any rate, we brought Jack in and he became a painter for me. Um, and now, 43 years later, uh, Jack retired last Monday morning. He called me up at uh, 530 in the morning. We used to have conversations at 530 in the morning about where he was going to go work that day. 
but he was telling me, no, Kev, um, it's official. I'm retiring. And so now the backstory. Uh, about five weeks ago now, five weeks ago today, actually, Jack was feeling numb in his feet and felt like he couldn't stand up and he couldn't walk. And so he was at work and he had his, um, his wife, Kathy, came and picked him up and they went to the um, emergency room at Jefferson Hospital, which is a really great hospital in Philadelphia. And um, he ended up getting admitted and he was in the hospital for, I guess, about five, four and a half weeks. He just got out this past week. Crazy. He's not getting better. He has lost the feeling from about his shins down and he can't, con- he can't tell where his feet are when he puts them on the ground. And they don't know why. They've done all kinds of tests. It's a type of neuropathy, but why it's happening, the symptom is, is, is neuropathy, but the cause is unknown. And he's been through countless tests. Um, and he now is um, going to be wheelchair-bound um, until or uh, unless uh, uh, they find out what's happening. And it doesn't look too good right now. I mean, they're, they're just not finding anything. You know, they're looking for MS and they're looking for brain tumors and they're looking for spinal deformities and they're looking for diabetes, anything that might cause this and they're not finding it. Um, And so Jack now is not able to walk ever again. It's mind blowing and it also lets you know what real problems are. That's a real problem. Not a dent in the truck. We can fix a dent in the truck and even if we don't fix it, it doesn't really amount to anything. It's a dent in the truck. But uh, to have your career end in a way that you didn't plan on. Mm-hmm. I thought Jack was going to be here after I left. He's a couple of years younger than me. In fact, he, he turned 60 while I was in the hospital. Uh, and he, uh, he, he was going to put in a couple more years. He was enjoying the work. Um, he was in charge of moving around. Uh, uh, he was a truck driver. He had, his, he had his CDL license and he was moving around all of our high reaches. Um, and uh, he loved it. He was taking great care of him and... Really found a really found a place for him to spend the last few years of his business of the business of his career, and he's not going to be able to do that now. Which is so, so sad because he really he, he was really looking forward to his to his retirement. He had got a boat, he's got plans, and it just shows mm. the the kind of the flip of a switch. You just really never know what's around the corner, um, and all you can and it, obviously it impacts not only him but his family, and it impacted yeah. you know the business because he retired, but he didn't retire in a way that you all wanted to send him off into retirement, right? That's supposed to be a a positive, exciting transition. Exactly. Well, you know, back in 2002, we started a 401k plan. And the reason was, was I didn't want Jack, who's my brother-in-law, and James, who's also my was my brother-in-law, who were working for me, um, they had they had come from a union mentality family, and my father-in-law was in the union, and I felt like I needed to be able to have something for that retirement. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we did. We started it, and they do have. They both Jack, James retired actually a year ago, and Jack's now retiring, and they've they've got money saved. So that's positive. Yeah, but. The whole thing is a real problem. Yeah. It can't yeah. be stopped. And it doesn't make me stronger. It just makes me sadder. Mm-hmm. So. But it does yeah. put other problems in perspective. It sure it does. It does put other problems in perspective. And that's really 
important to have that perspective, I think. It absolutely does. And I and I think it actually tees us up into kind of, Brian, some of your messes that you're working through right now. Um, a similar, maybe, but not so similar situation um, that- Maybe maybe worse. Maybe worse. Um, it's no, pretty it serious. Worse. And it, it relates to, you know, crisis planning and business owners um, having plans in place for the unexpected. So Brian, I'll, I'll pass it over to you so you can kind of share what's going on, what you've been really invested in in the last several weeks. Yeah, Molly. <laughs> It's a member that's been with us for about 18 years, and I've uh, coached this member. I've, I've stayed at his house. I've traveled with him. Um, I'll leave his name out of it. I just don't think we need to go there. Um, anyway, he uh, suddenly got um, a, a very serious type of cancer and it, um, is out, uh, out now on long-term leave and not really able to contribute to decision-making and things like that. And the, the mess really, well, that's a mess, right? Oven by itself. That's a mess. Sure like pause yep. there and say, uh, this guy's not that old. Um, the other mess is what it does to, to the business. And um, there, there was not a crisis plan that was completed. He was in the process of doing that. We found some notes on his, on his desk and, um, so we've we've uh, the mess also could be left to his wife, who now has, is involved in the business, but doesn't know a lot about the business. We've started an advisory council of other members, which is actually a beautiful thing. Members stepping up to say, how can we give give some uh, guidance here? Uh, so uh, what is happening, though, is his, his team is stepping up in a tremendous way. I really couldn't be more proud of of the people there that are stepping up and leading. Um, and uh, but what the other mess, which again, this puts it in context is I was going out to see this this team last week and Monday morning, it, you know, uh, super early, um, uh, flight is late getting into one airport. So I miss the flight that that's connecting. I have to book a new flight on a different airline. Uh, meanwhile, I fill up my water bottle and uh, I leave my suitcase next to, to to the water bottle and I walk away with my backpack and my water bottle and I sit down and I'm about to board uh, and I look down and I have no suitcase. <laughs> I run back to, to the water fountain um, and of course there's no suitcase. Uh, Security apparently had picked it up. As they say, if you leave uh, your bag unattended, it so they're saying it all the time on the I, on the PA. Yeah, system. they're they're real about it. They they don't joke about that stuff. I get, I get the final final boarding call. Uh, now, what do I do? Do I board or do I try and find my suitcase? So I board the plane without my luggage, uh, not knowing where it is. Um, trying to think what was in there anyway, my running shoes. I'm like, go through all these things were in there. Uh, so I arrive, uh, that anyway, that night, uh, my loss was targets gain. Who knew you can buy a whole wardrobe at target, uh, and then a, a running shoe store. Cause I was out there for the whole week. I bought, I bought new running shoes. So I came home with a whole new wardrobe. Actually, I leveled up some would say with some better clothes. Yeah, you did. You did pretty well. I think you finally shot for yourself. Doesn't your wife usually shop for you? <laughs> <laughs> she does. My wife does a lot for me, Kev. She's good. <laughs> oh, I know. When I realized what when I was like sitting down on, on the on the plane, I actually laughed it off where I normally would be just a mess. I was like Because you had you had that perspective. I had the perspective like 
it was almost funny. It was almost like, are you kidding me? Is this what you're throwing at me to put the reality of the situation mm-hmm. in front of me? Well, that was me and my truck, right? Yeah. yeah. It was interesting yeah. how the two stories, Kev, you know, yeah. your health and a work issue. I, you know, I, I spent $200, not 2000 on a car, on a truck getting fixed, but 200 bucks later, I'm like, oh, well. So anyway, the, the message for everybody listening to, to this call is if you don't have a crisis plan, um, you need to do that. Well, can you be a little more specific, Brian? When you say crisis plan, I think that's too general. Uh, maybe we need to change this term eventually. Because, I mean, I'll be honest with you, losing your bag at the airport is a crisis. Um, and, you know, having ha- getting a customer to do an online negative online review is a crisis. You're talking about death of of the owner or incapacitation of the CEO or something along those lines. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we all take risks. All of us get on highways every day, airplanes, some of us mountain bike down hills or ski and hella ski and things. And at any time like that, it could be over. Um, What you don't know, but, or you can get so sick that you don't have the capability of. Yeah. So what, we have an outline and as there's there's a, a letter and then you write a letter it's a couple of pages long where you outline how you'd like the company to be run in your absence how decisions should get made who should be in charge positions what where where your passwords are because if you don't have your passwords uh and i've had that happen where, where your money is where your money is what life insurance you have um, if you want like an advisory council uh, to be established, um, who your advisors are, that should how be decisions are being made. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're actually going through that now with, with this one situation is how should decisions get made? And the wife, not used to business, is making some decisions. And it's so anyway. That's a mess, but it's but we're, we're cleaning it up. And actually, uh, the business is healthy. It's so healthy because they've, they've done a great job with uh, their balance sheet and with uh, developing people. So I, I have uh, to say, this is a particular topic. The crisis planning topic um, is going to come up several times kind of throughout our, our podcast episodes because we're talking about our succession planning process that we started to share and we've 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 pushed out and are working with clients on. And as a, a stage or as a step in that process is the crisis planning. But what we have said time and time again is that the crisis planning activity should happen for any business owner at no matter where you are yeah, in, in yeah, your yeah. In, in your business cycle. Because if you have a business that people depend on you, you have a family, you want to have answers in place, right? So yeah. again, please, as, as a takeaway, make that something that um, you you put some time into because you never, you never it know. It doesn't have to be that complicated, right? And no, you know, no. We have an outline. Right, we have right. a simple outline. In fact, I, I just checked mine molly by the way is downstairs in in the basement pull out that drawer i looked at it again last night uh just to see if it needed any updating it's pretty good act i'm not gonna do much to it appreciate uh, that it's in play there so you always know where it is but like you know kev you said with 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 your situation and jackie you know it's emotional because i i've been working with this this business and this this guy in for 18 years um 
he's a friend. So it the mess was a lot on me too, how I was emotionally dealing with this, right? That was messy. I was trying to like not wear it. It was just like a fog because I was I I cared about his health, but I also cared about the business. So anyway. Well, it's fine. It's tough because you don't want to act like you don't care. So it's a fine line, right? But it's hard right. to walk that line because I, I go back and forth like that as well. Where all of a sudden I'm talking about it. And then all of a sudden I get overcome by some emotion mm-hmm. because I realized right. how serious it is. Right. And I feel like I should actually cultivate some of that emotion so I can actually feel because feeling is so important. Yeah. Um, but, but then again, you know, like when you get into those tough spots when you're doing a speech or when you're doing a eulogy or something where you, you have to pull it together too. You have to pull it together because that's what people need. They need that strength that comes from being the cool head in a crisis. I, so. I have to work harder at that than you, Kev. I, I feel too much. I, I spend a lot of time on self-talk uh, getting stronger. Um, mm. You know, I, I had to tell the the senior management team of of this company about this person's situation and that was emotional mm. I have to work really hard at that um but you know this will set an example for well it's, going forward. it's gonna happen again right it's gonna yeah. happen again i mean we've got a lot of clients that are in their 50s and 60s, 60s and a lot of 60s yeah there's really no way to get out of life without having some type of calamity that looks like <laughs> death. there's a necessary ending let's just say well, you know I, I get this um this app my brother terence turned me on to it it's called we crook um and i guess one of the things one of them this morning was we're 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 born uh soft um and we die hard and stiff or something like that so um, but they prove that by the, the concept of the of the blog is that by reminding you that you're not going to live forever, that you appreciate now more than yes. ever, because you realize that you, this is the, the status quo that you're living now, which you may be happy with or you may not be happy with, whatever it is, is not status quo at all, because nothing is staying the same. Life is constantly changing and it doesn't happen so much evolutionary. It happens all at once, like all of a once. All of a sudden you get the doctor's report that's not so good or the lab test that's not so good. They need more tests or, or something. And yeah, I mean, it's we're, if you're happy and healthy right now, you're living in the best of times. Yeah. Hey, hey, Kev, so I, I, I listened to the this Daily Stoic podcast. You mentioned you were... Yeah, too. There's a term of what you, you're talking about. Um, it's called uh, memento mori. Memento mori is it, it's Socrates. It's remember you will die. And and the yeah. idea is remember you will die so that you will live today and right. that you will you will live fully today, um, every day. And, and don't don't dread dying. Instead, live. Yeah. And yeah. it's a great quote. It's um, he actually has a um, a ring you could buy that reminds you you will die. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know this this app, this oh, micro app, where I was getting all this stuff from. They were sending you tech. They would send you notifications, and so they would send you five notifications a day. And their their logic was, if you're reminded five times a day that you're going to die. 
that you'll appreciate the moments more. But it was frankly way too much. Yeah, yeah, it's so, yeah. That's bizarre. like that's death messaging overboard. <laughs> but but they would say, but the the experts, uh, philosophers, would say we focus too much on dying. You're gonna die. Yeah. So why do we focus? We we fear it. We all fear dying. Um, but we should instead start to live. I heard it's not as bad as they say. <laughs> I'm buying that one. I'm buying that one, big brother. Hey, let me know. Send me a message when you get there. I'm pretty sure you're going to die first. So, oh lord, oh lord. Kevin did. Probably. Kevin did tell me he. I think it, you're. You're. If you could plan it, Kev, you said you'll be out in a long run somewhere, and yeah. you'll just. Yeah. I'd be like when you're one of those, you know how you're driving by and you see a dead deer on the side of the road? You'd be like, there's a dead Kev on the side of the road. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop and clean you He's up. happy. He's happy. I'll pick you up, Kev. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Into more messes that we have, um, but not to uh, not to take away from the seriousness of of those several that were just, just shared. Um Territory issues, Brian. This is one, um, you know, from a, a territory issues of clients that we work with. We've run into some mm-hmm. issues recently, and it's and as we scale as an organization, it's something that we continue to run into time and time again. I can't even tell you how many times I speak to a new a, a new potential prospect who wants to work with us, and because we have existing members in you know not too far away, I have to tell them no, and it's really hard to tell them no mm-hmm. uh, when they're great people. To- I know you've had some Philadelphia contractors. Oh yeah, yep. I've had some local yeah. Philly folks who want to work with us. And yeah, we're like, I mean, can you give us all the Kevin secrets? <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's a true, it's a true larger issue for us at NCG because as we look to scale, you know, how do how do we do that? in the right way? How do we protect existing relationships with clients? How do we provide clarity and transparency, um, you know, through that? So, you know, Brian, I'll tee it off to you a little bit as well, because you have obviously have some thoughts around this topic. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and relate it to the uh, contractors listening to this, but uh, it really became an issue for me around scalability. And I think um, the model that we developed hadn't been updated in years, right? We're coming on 20 years and mm-hmm. have territories with no borders. Right. And we we give away systems with little little restrictions. And it's coming back to bite us. So I'll, I'll say in, in the last couple of months, I've lost two of my long-term members. One is starting a painting franchise, um, which not the way we do it. The other one, um, has decided to open up shop in Philadelphia. Um, these are these are messes, right? Um, I, all over the country, I've got um, I've got uh, businesses growing and and encroaching on other member areas. I've got companies like Pentec who do uh, areas, and they pick who can have what territory, which is ticking off different summit members against each other. Um, so, you know, it's a, frankly, it's an issue that I should have addressed years ago and didn't. Well, it doesn't have an easy answer. Like so many problems, it doesn't always have an easy answer. No. Yeah, but, but it, right. It, it may have been easier back then than it is now <laughs> if I had designed it when, it when we're a size that we are now. But I think everybody on here who's listening, who's in Summit, would like to understand exclusivity. What does that mean anyway? 
What's what's my territory? Do I have the whole entire state of something? So the problem is, as I we weren't clear and I own that. Right. So it's like exclusivity to say, yeah, you can do the business in your area. You won't have someone in your area. But what's your area and what are you claiming to be your area? Yeah. And where exactly are those geographical lines? Yeah. Right? yeah. So my, you know, my bad there. I'm accountable. I told my team. And so I've got some work to do. Uh, I still maintain it's not your bad. It's just it's not something that's easy to solve. And therefore, it's kind of the nature of the business. It's the nature of the beast. Yeah. It's it, you, we will run into it, but it also comes down to, you know, the core the core being of we are a relation relationship based organization, and so we we really strive hard to protect the relationships of the clients that we've been working yeah. with, and we don't want to create friction if there is an, a, a prospect in in an area. We don't want to you know create any conference you know any create conflict, um, but it shows that within a relationship. You need clarity so that you, know, you do need clarity, Ma. You're right. And the problem was it, it's only worked one way. You see, um, people can leave, give, give a 60 days notice and leave. So I, I feel like I protect a uh, territory, protected, turn down customers, turn down prospects, and then you could leave in 60 days. So that doesn't work. Uh, so yeah, that's a mess, but but guess what? Like all messes, it gives you an opportunity to redesign mm-hmm. and to rethink. And that's what we're gonna do. Like, you know, the other thing we're rethinking is, you know, what happens with the Nolan painting relationship when Kevin moves on? I mean, he's a year away or or, or less from well, he, he's been changing his role uh, consistently now the last year or two. Uh, so to keep the family family healthy and the family business healthy. We've got to work through with the next generation what the relationship should be like between Nolan Painting and Nolan, Nolan uh, Consulting Group. So that's something we'll be working through to to prevent a real mess around family, which again is much more serious than um, a, a mess around a suitcase, left <laughs> a water fountain. <laughs> well, I often wonder: uh, Did the exclusivity help or hurt? Right? We. We, I think we think we thought it helped, but maybe it didn't help. I don't know. The I once w- I tried to join an organization uh, called ProSults, which was uh, I don't know, maybe it was like 1999 or something. Still around. <clears throat> Still around. Yeah, yeah. And they uh, they told me no. They already had a contractor in the Philly region, and I said who, and they they said me told me his name. I said, oh, man, you made a big mistake. You told, you chose the wrong contractor in Philly. <laughs> and they did. So it's just thing. Yeah. But no, I cho- I think it, it's an opportunity. There's there can be excitement around it. It's a new it's a, getting the team involved and thinking about what what does it look like? And of course, being clear and transparent with with our clients and messaging along the way. It's that's what we do. There's that's part of being having a, a coach client relationship is that we as trust is established. And so communication is key. Um, and with that, just like, you know, from, from the family side as well. And it, it, it reminds me, um, I want to just tee up for those summit members who are listening, who maybe are in a family business, whether it's with a partner or children or extended family, we are hosting a family business workshop starting in July, a virtual session, um, over three weeks run by Brian and Kevin, sorry, Brian and Colin, Kevin, you want to, you want to get in, get in on it? (laughs) 
um, run by Brian Nolan and Colin Nolan on setting rules and boundaries, family meetings, healthy communication, pathway to shareholdership. These are all things that the more you can, um, we keep saying this word clarity, but the more clear you can have it and an and understanding, the greater the chances are that your family is going to be okay. Because yeah. family and business together, it's tough. It's great when it's great, but it's yeah, And you have to remember tough. that the family, the business is to serve the family. And you got to be careful that the family doesn't serve the business. Mm-hmm. And business is a game. I always say that. that let's treat it like a game. Well, it's also a game that people make their livelihood of and pay their bills with. So that's why it gets serious fast and, and yeah, it can be, uh, it can go the wrong way. And once it goes the wrong way, the emotions run really high. Yeah. Uh, um, So, yeah, so it's, uh, it's good to be open about these things and that's how you avoid uh, resentment and bitterness that, that doesn't air and just gets worse. Yeah, and you you would hope that a family business that you started, the legacy can live on. Um, and you know, a lot of owners that we work with would love to pass it down to their children if their children are are interested in it, um, or pass it along to an employee. But how does the family feel? So, all that and, to and say, the spouse too. There's a lot the spouse, of a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of spousal relationships, uh, partnerships that that have to be very very careful uh, that the business doesn't ruin their marriages. We've had a few of those inside of the summit group. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky world. So um, again, this this workshop is happening in July. You can find it in the Summit Weekly, um, of course, with the registration information in the Summit Programs calendar as well. Well, Brian and Kevin, it was a messy conversation, but I think that there I think that there was some 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 there high moments. Some takeaways. Definitely some uh, takeaways. Crisis plan, put things in perspective. Those are yeah. major takeaways. Yep. So. Sure is. Well, I hope that when we uh, all get together in a month or so and have a, another mess cleanup, that the messes are maybe a little bit lighter. Um, maybe they won't be. I'm sure we'll look for some updates on current situations. But um, yeah. I hope that folks who are listening recognize that uh, you're not alone. We all deal with messes. This is the world we live in. Life is messy, business is messy, and the perspective in which you you put it through um, helps you handle hard better. Handle hard better. Uh, handle hard better. Handle hard better. Good All right, job. until next Thank time. You. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Bri. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.